Welcome back, everybody. This is Implicitly Awkward with one of your hosts, Alexia. I'm your other host, Marcus. And today we have a super special guest. We are going to be talking about the COVID-19 vaccine, um, kind of going through what that process is like, kind of demystifying some things. Yeah, absolutely. We're just talking about sharing resources and like Mm -hmm. asking questions that even we have about the vaccine and such. So I know that this is something that affects all of us. So please definitely tune in and uh, be sure to share this one out. Um, If ever there was an episode to share out, please do it with this one. So if you're ready, let's do it. Ready, let's go. This is implicitly awkward. Cue the music. All right, we are here, implicitly awkward, back again with another episode for you. We've got a very special guest in the house, Mr. Lawrence Roll, soon to be Dr. Lawrence Roll. Um, he's a he's a peer of mine here at USC. He's getting his MBA and well, I forget MD and M- what MD MD MBA. Yeah, that's thank you and MD. Um, so Lawrence, welcome to the show. Hey, you know, thank you. It's an honor to be here. I know they probably should have the the clapping voice coming in, but I clapped it in. Yes, you know, yes. background. Thank you. Snaps all around. Snaps all around. Claps. Happy to be here. How are you guys doing? You know, uh, hanging in there after all of the events um, yesterday, January 6th. So trying to regroup a little bit. Yeah, dude. Frazzled is the word. It's a little bit like it's a little hard to pay attention to things these days, especially if we got some, you know, some slight domestic terrorism on a Wednesday. Just something slight for you. (laughs) You know, it's crazy to think about. So, but I mean, one thing is slight. It's another thing when it's blatant. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, mm-hmm. there's terrorism going on right. at the highest level. Yeah, dude. In our nation's capital. Um, capital of the, capital. With all of them arm, armed guards and all of that. But I guess that's a, that's, a, that's a crisis for a different day that we can talk about, for real. Because, like, mm-hmm. we have another crisis that we want to talk about today. Uh, but just before we get into it, just want to say that uh, Matt Lawrence at USC, actually at the same mixture that I met Alexia, just a little bit earlier, um, we were talking about, um, I got down to, to Traddy's and Lawrence came out of nowhere yelling about some Excel sheet uh, he wanted me to fill out. And he was like, fill out the link. And I was like, all right, I will. And then I grabbed the beer. And then about 15 minutes later, here comes Lawrence again with a, I don't know, I forget, I don't know what was going on. I mean, like, fill it out. Just started yelling at me. He's like, all right, all right. <laughs> but at that point, at that point, he didn't see the vision. Right. He's like, who is this nigga? You like what? What's going on? There's so many questions. Basically, but you know what? Filled it out, and we've been cool ever since. So you know what I'm saying. Very uh, appreciative that you can take the time to be on our show with us. Um, yeah, definitely happy to be here. And in that same Excel sheet that I had to pass to this man to fill out, now he's the director of networking for the org, and he's in charge of that same Excel sheet. And so he probably um, has contributed more to it this year than I have. So you know, I think all of it is really coming full circle and I know just meeting Marcus has definitely helped uh, take me to another level in terms of myself and, and leadership and also really just learning more about how to help people do what they want to do specifically and I, I appreciate that. I remember 
there was a point Marcus specifically he had said, you know, he wants to be that person who pretty much knows everybody. He said he wants to know everybody. And if whatever people need, he wants to help them or be able to know somebody that can help him. I remember him saying he really wanted to be the plug for everybody. That yeah. was his thing. And I mean, we talked about it for a bit, but I mean, he's been the plug since he got here and it's definitely only getting proven. So definitely um, great opportunity to beat the dog and I'm happy that, you know, we are where we are right now. I actually didn't know that that was something that Marcus had said, because I feel like that fits you perfectly, Marcus, in terms of like your mission and who you are and like what I've observed as well. Yeah, man. That's awesome. I appreciate that. But yeah, man, like I like, yeah, I remember that conversation too. I'm literally trying to be the plug for black people on our campus because I needed one and I found one and then I was just trying to be that plug for people since then. So that's some real stuff, man. Like it's, it really isn't that many black people on our campus for real. So it's like, we all know each other already. So like, we should we're just trying to make the community as, as tight as we can, you know? It's like, whatever we have, whatever resources we all have, like we all have it to make sure we all get what we need, all of the above. And, and uh, the truth is at USC, we have more than we know, you know? So we yes. need to be deliberate about finding out what we have and making sure we take advantage because a lot of opportunities we have, we don't know about and miss and other people get. And it's partially by design, but partially, we just don't know these these opportunities, these spaces. We're not in them. And so it's important for us to be deliberate about finding these things out and taking it back to our communities to making sure we really get these resources we need. Yo, and that's honestly a perfect segue into a very specific resource that we all need very soon, as soon as it's available to everybody. And that's the COVID-19 vaccine. Um, I know that you got like, cause you're, you're a medical student, you're graduating in May, turn up, you know what I'm saying? We're all graduating. Oh, this Dr. Roll. Dr. <laughs> Roll. You know what I'm saying? It's going to be crazy. Um, but like you got one dose of the vaccine already. Um, so can you talk to us about that process? How's that been going for you? Yeah. You know, I was hoping I would be able to at least have some more information by the time we had this discussion. And yeah, earlier this week, actually on, Monday the 4th, I got my first dose at 6.30 p.m. of the COVID-19 vaccine. This was actually with Pfizer, the Pfizer version that came out with the first um, approval. And yeah, you know, I, I think that is something that we definitely need to talk about no matter who you are, right? This vaccine and what you, what you know about it, what your thoughts about it, how comfortable you are with, with vaccines and the history of vaccines. Mm-hmm. And um, I think just to be completely blatantly honest with you, the most important thing I can do with you all today is to be able to help provide information that can give people the comfortable comfortability, you know, make the word up to be able to feel empowered to make decisions that they want. And, you know, the information that may be keeping people from making these decisions, I want to help provide that today. And I think that's the biggest goal for me. And um, being on here today with you all, I think this platform is a unique opportunity to be able to help Um, make a huge difference and any way I can help to do that and help you guys through, um, you know, my experiences in this platform. That's what I'm here to do today. So definitely. All right. So you got one dose. How do you feel? Um, I'm playing. (laughs) I don't have nothing. (laughs) I don't have actually no symptoms right now. Um, The put it in perspective, I got a shot at 630. Um, and I'm actually, uh, recording a lot of this, uh, my experience, you know, getting the vaccine, checking in on the timeline, you know, seeing any symptoms that come, 
because, uh, you know, my goal is to kind of demystify what's going on and just show the real steps of, you know, it's a little video of me getting the vaccine, right, you know, showing that it's, it's real and people are getting it because some people think this shit is fake. You know, people think that people are using photo ops and actually not getting the vaccine. You know, some people are thinking that they want us to get the vaccine, but not them. You know, and I, I think that's just, um, although that's propaganda and probably the media and certain people want us to believe that that's far, that's far from the truth. That's the furthest from the truth. The truth is um, people who, who are privileged are getting this vaccine. And um, that's only going to go faster and be more of the case as the time goes by. We'll see. Uh, people are skipping lines to get this. People that were mm-hmm. talking shit, saying it's fake, uh, getting this. People that are over companies, forcing people to work you know, in terrible conditions that are CEOs are skipping the line to get this. People that have money. I just found out something. There was a, a organization somewhere, in, of course, Florida, <laughs> but they're flying people out. It's like a country club and you can get your vaccine, you know, $50,000 for the membership. You come down, they have vaccines they're giving. How do you have vaccines to even give? You know, so that's mm-hmm. something to think about. And if you look at it like that, they're working so hard to get these resources. Um, it must be something that is beneficial or it must be something that is good or or that it's something that really you probably if you really didn't want the best for minorities or communities you probably wouldn't want us taking it and so if you look at it from that perspective it makes you think about things so yeah you know um that is monday uh today is currently thursday um to be honest you know i was i was doing workouts days leading up to it just so I can have a little bit of muscle for the picture, you know, get a little photo out, a little photo out. Uh, unfortunately, the picture turned out terribly tragic. Looking, oh, no. I'm like, oh, and that's just not even the case. I'm not trying even to flex while getting the vaccine. Yeah, you know, it's all it's, it's tragic, but you know, the truth is, you see, is it is what it is. And um, but yeah, I haven't had any issues. I had had pain, um, maybe like two hours after this a little bit, and that's only like when I was raising my arm above my head, I mean above my shoulder on the same side of the vaccine. And it really just felt like soreness. Um, they typically put the vaccine in like your, your shoulder, your muscle right there, it's called like the deltoid. And there are exercises you do that work your deltoid muscles. It really feels like, you know, that you were just sore. And I think the worst of it happened for me, at least personally, 10 hours after the vaccine. So at that point, it was like three, four in the morning. I was up because I was doing something and preparing. Uh, but that was probably the worst that the pain was. And it's really just, in my opinion, really mild soreness. You know, there was a point right when I was going to sleep, like, hey, yo, like, I do feel this. Like, what is this? Like, but it's really just more soreness. And so I would say, where we speak in medicine is severity and intensity, right? So I would say it's like a, a muscle soreness type of pain. Uh, you feel it more if you move your, your arm, your body. And it's, it's specifically that muscle. So you feel it when you, you move that muscle, which only happens when you lift above your shoulder or certain maneuvers, right? Um, and I would say it's about a, a one to three in intensity, 10 being the worst pain I ever felt. And that three was 10 hours after the shot. And um, I mean, I slept, woke up and it was a 1.5. The next day is no pain. So I really had pain for like a day and it was really very uh, negligible pain. I think I had made a, a thing. My roommate is doing 50 push-ups a day. I had did it with them the first two days, you know, recorded it. And I haven't done push-ups in months before that. <laughs> so that was really a, a ridiculous move. But 
I was able to do it and didn't feel, you know, inhibited. So I think that does go to show a lot. And throughout the whole time up to now, I haven't had any fever, chills, headache, feelings of nausea, vomiting. I'm still black and sexy. You know, I ain't turned green or nothing. Nothing has changed, you know, really. Uh, so far, so good is how I look at it. So, but they do say that the second dose is the more stronger version uh, that evokes a more stronger immune response. So I'm looking forward to seeing what that is like. Uh, because what they're doing with this vaccine, uh, you're really just building an immune response to protect you from the virus. And I don't think a lot of people know this. The vaccine isn't wasn't tested to see if it could help avoid you. The vaccine was not created and tested to help prevent you from getting the coronavirus. Like that's not what they were the measures that they were studying for. Those weren't the outcomes they were looking for. What they were trying to do with the vaccine was to make it less likely to kill you, right? And in the process, it may help prevent, but the real, the real mission and objective was, okay, people are probably gonna get this somehow. Let's make it less likely for them to get it. And if they do get it, make it so they're not in the ICU for months, you know? And I think that's the big thing. And so even if everybody was to get sick with it, it's different because we're not just getting sick. We're getting sick at a much lower, weaker version that is much less dangerous and does not put strain on the system or we don't have less lives lost. So I know there are a lot of people like, oh, you know, I'll stay home. This don't really bother me. You know, I, I, I don't get it or whatever. Like I can wait out. It's like, well, yeah, you know, you can wait it out, but you might still get it at some point. And the truth is, the thing this has shown us, um, you really have no idea how this can affect you. You know, you don't know. And our people are uniquely positioned to be affected and be more vulnerable for things like this. But unfortunately, we don't even know because of the circumstances we've been given or are in. A lot of people don't even know their health profiles till they're in the hospital, right? I know personally, I had a, a aunt. She had the virus. I remember we had, we were doing like these weekly, you know, family meetings, prayer meetings. And I remember hearing about that. And I'm like, damn, she was in the hospital for, I, I want to say a month. And she has asthma. Right. And so, you know, you don't think about those little things, but these little small things that you have may take something that's uh, a problem that maybe anybody can get over to something that may take you out. And, you know, some people don't know they don't have asthma. Right. I feel like you highlight such an important fact in terms of, right, if you had skepticism of getting this vaccine, seeing other people who are in power, who have money, trying to take resources before it's their turn to take this vaccine. So that's one thing. And I also, I'm wondering what really brought you into the medical field? Yeah, so uh, great question and great segue. Um, I was one of those people that I always wanted to be a doctor. You know, my mom said when I was two, that was what I was telling people. And I'm like, bro, I probably couldn't even say the word. You know, I don't even know what physician means, right? But I guess that's just the type of person I've always been, right? Like, shit, okay, that's what it is. I'm doing it. I ain't even know, I don't know if it's possible. I don't know anybody that can do it. I don't know everybody that has done it. Uh, but I think I can do it, you know? And, and then if, if I can do it, I can be the one to show people that you can do it. You know, there is an example. I didn't have an example, so let me be that example. And so that's really how it started. And I mean, it's, it's being pre-med and getting to medical school, it's a, it's a simple process. It's straightforward. It's just not easy, right? And I think 
um, if you do the right things, you know, get good grades, get good test scores, you know, shadow, do research, um, really, uh, you know, get involved, leadership, community service, uh, you can, you're, you're going to get to med school, just that simple, you know, and if you're in, there may be typically one or two things that prevent people, uh, but those are all things that could be overcame, you know, and, and figured out and fixed with this shortly, you know, within less than four or five years. Um, and so really, you, you're going to get there if you, if you follow the steps, but I realize we're, it's not just simply just following the steps. You know, I think we, we really are in a situation where it's like the odds are stacked against us and, you know, we don't know what to do. And so I would say the biggest thing is, is finding mentorship of somebody who's been there before and knows what to do. And for me, I didn't have that. But I'm the type where if I don't have it, I'm still going to go get it, right? And so I really worked really hard to find these people, not in my community even, not even in my city, maybe in my school. And then once you find people that know what it takes, it's just automatic. But the hardest part is having that community and that support. And we don't all automatically have that. You know, some of us are blessed, but that's what it takes. And you can all get that. A through line that I'm getting, um, not only from BGSN, but also from your story and then from what we're doing here is like the sharing of information and resources and having community around that. Um, and it's, it's extremely powerful and, and super important as well, especially being minority groups, people of color. Um, I can definitely concur in my own experience of not having certain information or not seeing people that look like me or represent my culture um, in places of power or places that like I wanted to go as well. Um, obviously different. I'm light skin privilege as well. So moving through spaces can be easier. Um, but I definitely do believe in that sharing of information and finding community. It's extremely powerful. Yeah. That's some real, yeah. spill. That's some real spill. And like, just to reiterate what Lawrence was saying before, like USC has plenty of resources, but as as long as you know how to get it or you know who to talk to to get it, you'll get it. But if you don't, you're just kind of in the dark. So yeah, double tap. We gotta we gotta share as much information as possible because otherwise it's it's just kind of sitting there, you know. Um, it, it's funny. It's funny because in our culture, right? It's it's well, not all the time, and you know you can't generalize everybody. You know our culture is extremely dynamic and re reflects all types of things, and really, honestly, infinite. You know, at the same time, I can say, you know, in, in my community, how I was raised, and the people I grew up with, some of my friends that I live with, you know, not live with, but I know now, there's just this this idea that, you know, we had to get everything out the mud. You know, we don't we don't get help, we don't need help, or if there is, it's like I don't need it. I don't, you know, get that out of my face. I already already got it right. Um, but what you don't realize is that the people who are best positioned in society take advantage of their resources. And then it only just puts them in better position. I remember there was an example where we were in a, a small group discussion and the question was like, okay, if you're in medical school um, and you knew information that could help your, a friend that you had get into the medical school, like, would you help them out? Would you tell them? Right. Mm -hmm. And so I'm looking at it like, hell yeah. You know, I'm like, look, I'm doing that shit now. You know, like, fuck it, I'm doing it. Like, we need all the help we can get and we need all the benefits we can get because we don't have that. And this girl, she was like, you know, that's just not fair. That's not right. You know, everybody should have the same 
the same um, chances, the same eyes. Like, you don't want to give anybody an unfair advantage by doing that, right? And she was white, of course, right? And so, you know, at that point, I'm like, you know, that's fair. But I said, yeah, it's not, it's already not fair. You know, it's already, it's already in that situation. For us to maintain how it is and maintain the status quo is not only negligence, but that's, that's wrong, that's failing. Like, we have to be deliberate in, in doing that. And if I'm not here to do that, for my friend, who is? Not you. You know, right. nobody is. And so we have to do that. That's part of survival. And you think about it, we are collectivists. You know, America has made us more individual, but we were born to survive together and work together. And that's a real thing. And it's funny, like, I remember just in, in, in undergrad, pre-med is probably one of the biggest obstacles, you know, lab, chemistry, and all that foolishness. Um, my two cents on that is it really doesn't matter. You know, get the, get the grades. You don't even have to know the information. Get the grades, and you'll learn what you need to learn in medical school. So don't even worry about that. But I know back when I was at Miami, we had lab, for example. Them labs is a bunch of hazing work. Okay, eight pages, whatever. Fill out, follow these directions. Take you some hours. My last, my last lab, my lab partner was like, oh, yeah, I have all the labs. I was like, what? They're like, what you mean? He said, yeah, you know, I'm in this frat, blah, 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 letter, letter, letter. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, you know, we got a bank with all the, all the labs, you know, all, all of this stuff. I have all of this passed down. And so, you know, part of me was like, oh, hell nah. You know what I'm saying? What? But part of me was like, oh, you're my partner, though. You know, I bet. You know what I'm saying? We're going to do right. good. <laughs> and so that's really what it comes down to. You realize it's a, it's, a, it's a battle between who has the means and who doesn't, who has to work harder. And, you know, we have to work hard but we got to work smart too so we need to be more deliberate about creating systems like if we're pre-med now keep your exam so you can help the people behind you at least know what to expect we have to have drop boxes with resources that we found resources we've used community community drives because we, we can't afford all these materials but if we all get them and we can share and pass them what's wrong with that you know and so we may not be able to to use a million dollars to get everything we need, but we have a million of us that can, you know, get what we need together. And so I think we have to think more like that for sure. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, gonna circle back to the vaccine. Um, our school is gonna provide the vaccine to everybody at some point. I know that they're, they're, they're giving it to people who are on the front lines and like essential workers within like the medical school right now. Um, and shout out to them when it's available for me i'm getting it for everybody else there who's like listening if it's available to you i highly encourage you to get vaccinated please when it's available at that time as soon as and early as it's available yes please please get vaccinated because i don't know about y'all but i'm tired of being in the house in fear you know what it's already hard enough being outside the house in fear but if I can be outside the house with a little bit less fear, we can be outside the house. Still masked up and all that. Still socially distanced, all of the above. But come on, yo. Like, it's free, too. They shouldn't be making you pay for it. I mean, they're not, pay they're not making pe people uh, pay for it, right? Right? No, nah, they're not. But, I mean, there are rich people paying more, so they got it now. I tell you that, you know. And, and they're, they're finding ways, probably, like, they're going to be taking advantage of people for these vaccines. But I know... President like Joe Biden said he's gonna have it free for people who can get it. And so I'm expecting that to be the case in America personally. Right. Get vaccinated. Don't be afraid. Please. Begging you. Yeah, I feel like 
this conversation and what Lawrence was speaking about earlier, like this idea of collectivism. And I feel like this vaccine and what we've been going through with COVID, like it's really shown the lack of collectivism and like how individualistic we are as Americans and entitled. Um, So one, yes. So we can go do all the amazing fun things, collectivism thinking like, yeah, so we can make sure that we protect people and people aren't dying and getting, you know, really, really sick. Um, I think that that is key. So I'm absolutely going to get it as soon as I can, not only for my own enjoyment, but also for everybody around me as well. Um, I'm interested. So we have to get two doses. Can you explain a little bit more, Lawrence, as to why there's two doses? Cool, for sure. How much time do we have left? I meant to start a timer or something. I didn't. As much time as you need. All right. Well, you don't tell me that. But <laughs> um, I'll specifically on your question about the doses, um, I mean, I'm not a virologist, right? I could tell you that. Right? So I don't know uh, exactly the specific mechanisms for why they make the decisions they make, right? But I can tell you confidently that they make their decisions based on science, right? And, and, and trials and results of testing and and random, randomized, clinically controlled trials of seeing what happens when you actually test and, and isolate certain variables. So I'm confident the timing and the timeline they have it is for a reason and we need that. But for under, from my understanding, it's actually two shots that you're getting. It's two vaccines, two doses. And I think it's important to recognize what the vaccine is and how it works first and we can go from there. Um, our understanding of vaccines are from the ones we've heard and seen before, commonly like flu, uh, tetanus maybe, if you remember that, I think that was, you know, booster shots, people probably remember that, <laughs> uh, stuff like that. So we've had vaccines, but typically there, there, there are a lot of different types of vaccines. There are live vaccines that actually inject viruses or things into you, inactivated vaccines that actually inject pieces of the virus without, you know, actually cells of the, or any ability to recreate that they're giving you in the virus. So they're, I mean, the vaccines, so there are different types, but this one specifically for the coronavirus is an mRNA vaccine. And I think um, we learned some of this in biology, but even then it was complicated. And I think some of the, the, the biggest barrier with a lot of this happening is that just making it understandable, understandable what's re- what we're really doing and what's happening. So the mRNA vaccine is used because they're not injecting the coronavirus in you. They're not injecting um, the, the codes for the American shutdown in you, you know, they're not, they're not doing any of that. What they're actually injecting is mRNA. And mRNA is something that your body uses to create proteins and things in the body. And so what they're specifically doing, if I can make it long story short, is the vaccine is giving you mRNA coding or instructions to create a certain protein that the coronavirus uses. They call the protein the spike protein. And from my understanding, it's something that the virus has that is around when you have the virus. And also it is it's important for infecting other cells. The spike protein is an important aspect of infecting more cells and spreading the infection essentially. So what you're doing is creating, they're giving you the code to create your own version because your body creates anything it can make with these codes. Your body is made up of things created by these codes. So you create this spike protein, which doesn't have any virus. There's no virus at all involved. What you're just creating is this protein. 
And so your body sees this protein, this spike protein, and the way the body works is anything that's not supposed to be in the body, the body recognizes it and it gets rid of it. And so the body sees this spike protein and it says, okay, this ain't supposed to be here. All right, let's go figure out what's going on. It sends, it's going to investigate. It's going to attack whatever the spike protein is and it's going to send people back to go get the troops to bring more people to attack. We need to prepare because this thing is here and we need to go get rid of this spike. So that's what's happening. And that's the effects that you're seeing when you get the vaccine. So they inject it into your, your shoulder. And what's happening is over time, initially it's inflammation, it's just your body reacting to the vaccine and everything, but your body's creating a spike protein and your cells are coming to battle and coming to, to build, to prepare. And this is causing inflammation and an actual result that you feel that make make you feel a little hot it may be the actual pain or soreness you feel that may be different and a lot of this is a result of just your body fighting back and it's not the virus that you're fighting you're not fighting the virus you're not getting the virus there is no virus in you from the vaccine but you're building a response and this is important because you may see the virus again well not even again you may see the virus because you haven't seen the virus yet you may see the virus and now your body has recognized the protein around the virus. And instead of you seeing it and your body getting taken over because this virus is terrible and extremely infectious and overcomes quickly, your body already has an army of cells that know exactly what this protein is. They know exactly what the virus looks like. And instead of trying to go get help and fighting back, we're already here with the army. And so the virus is never strong enough to overcome your body's immune system. And you don't, you have a much lower chance of needing real medical attention and help intensive care level. So that is the real goal. And you need the two doses because first is a, a dose that helps to, to prompt and, and get the vaccine in as well. But the second dose is stronger and evokes a stronger response. And so you're, you're getting a response over time, but that second dosage further solidifies your immune response. They say after the first vaccine, after a certain period of time, you have 50%, I've even heard some, some sources saying, if you extend that later, it could be up to like 80% or 70%. Uh, but with the second dose, after a week of that, you actually have that higher 95%, 94% um, effect that they're looking for. So it really is like a, a second dose, a second load. It's a stronger load that helps to give you a better response and like kind of charge up the response you have. So you need both. You need both. Yeah, I talked a lot there. I'm sorry, but you need both. And the difference is the different vaccines may have different scheduling with that. The one I have is three weeks. So I actually have my appointment for the 25th, uh, but the Moderna vaccine, which was um, oversaw by a black woman, you know, I recommend you get that personally. Uh, that's four weeks. And so they both have the same principal idea. And there are more vaccines coming quickly, uh, but they all may not be the same. So we have to figure out all of those things separately. Like we said, we're just trying to get as much information out there as possible, okay? Like, do not be afraid of this vaccine. It's only here to help you. It's only here to keep you safe. It's, it's only here to keep your family safe. So I highly, highly encourage everybody to get vaccinated as soon as possible, as soon as it's available to you. Um, I'm 100%. trying to be outside. I'm trying to be outside, yo. Not, and not even like outside wilding and doing that, doing much. I just want to be outside. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's a lot of things. It's been a long year, yo. Like, we're coming up on 10 months, like, since March. We've been in the crib yeah. for a long time, yo. And, like, if there's any chance of us not being in the crib come next summer, yo, I'm taking that 
as soon as I can, man. I don't know about y'all, but like, this is this has been a long summer. It was a long summer. It was an even longer winter. So like, and I'm in LA. You know what I'm saying? Winter out here is mild. I can only imagine what it's like. For all my homies in Cleveland and New York and stuff. Like so over with, <laughs> over with. Like we got the sunshine. At least we can. No, I was gonna say it's, yeah. Truly seasonal depression. You know what I'm saying? That's the thing. Like all these their effects that we're seeing in all types of ways. Um, I will kind of ask you guys, what, what are some, what do, why do you think people aren't taking it personally for, for your opinions? Um, I guess for myself of the things that I've heard um, other people say, uh, like references to the Tuskegee experiments and thinking that, um, right, like we're going to be infected with the virus or with some type of like, I don't know, government control, things like that. And I feel like, you did a really great job in terms of like explaining how the process works and also understanding that the Tuskegee experiment, they didn't actually inject syphilis into these pilots. It was actually that they already had syphilis. Was it syphilis, right? Mm -hmm, Syphilis. Yeah. That they already had syphilis. um, But what was unethical is that they knew how to treat syphilis, but they did not give these pilots the treatment um, and they actually wanted to use their body to kind of understand more of uh, syphilis. So that is what was unethical. So again, like if something is available to you and you see people in uh, power and places trying to get it, like and it's going to protect you against something like, yeah, take it. So for me, that's what I've been hearing a lot of like, oh, it's, like, going to control you. Oh, it's going to give you this disease, Um, which, right, we have to debunk and demystify. Uh, But, you know, rightly so, like, there's a mistrust, a distrust, um, because we've seen how the United States of America has treated minority groups and people of color. So, you know, also have to kind of, like, illuminate that as well. Yeah, no, and I hear the same thing in my communities, too. And I got family members saying the same thing, that they're not going to take it because the the government's trying to put something in us. And just like you said, man, a lot of the people who are talking the most shit about it were, are, are first in line. Like, even Mitch McConnell already got vaccinated. I got a lot of words from Mitch McConnell that I'm not going to put onto this podcast. But all I have to say is, like, if he's taking it, too, then, yeah, I'm getting that vaccine. I don't care. Yeah, gobble gobble McConnell, man. That man was first in line. You know how much people wanted him to not get it. He know he had to be the first one, right? So right. you got to look at it like that. And I agree. I think there are, there are many different reasons. And to be completely honest, they're valid. They're valid. I'm I'm going at it like this. Everybody has an individual reason. There's no reason that makes for everybody. So it really comes down to individually you looking at yourself and saying, what is your reason for being hesitant? And people are hesitant, and there's a lot of reasons to be hesitant. You know, so I think that makes sense. Um, me personally, I think, yeah, I think this mistrust, you know, is, is probably the biggest thing because there's huge reasons for that. There's a lot of rationale for mistrust, and I think that's appropriate. It is the healthcare team and medicine's role to bridge that and to fix that. You know, that does not fall on us. That does not fall on patients. There is no, you, nobody is wrong for how they feel. You're right. Everybody's validated, right? So. What can we do to fix that trust? That's where I'm coming at from. And that's where we need to be coming from it as health professionals and people that I guess are, are worried about medicine. I mean, as a black man, I don't really have a, a, a huge relationship with medicine, hospital health, right? 
However, I would say being in medical school has given me a lot of information that I didn't have before. You know, so now I'm mainly drinking water. I already did that. Now I'm not adding salt to food as much, you know. Now I'm mindful about sugar because when I first came in and we did a test, we had checked our sugars on ourselves. I was pre-diabetic. I didn't even know it, you know. And so certain things that we see and certain cycles that we see in our family, we learn and we are working to change. This is all generational. Uh, but it's there for a reason. So distress is real. My thing, one thing I've learned is um, my battle, my, my key for that is we have to really let people know that we care about them and that this is not something we want to do over them, do to them, do for them. It's like, no, I want you to feel like you want to get this vaccine. I don't want, I don't want to make you get a vaccine. I want you to look at the pros and cons and say what could happen if you didn't, what could happen if you did, and just make that decision yourself. And so there, there are lots of reasons to be not take it. And so I think if you just kind of look at them one at a time, right? So the distrust, like I said, is definitely true, valid. There's no, there's nothing I can say about that, right? We just have to work harder to bridge that gap and meet everybody where they are on an individual level and see them where it, what it takes. Because one thing I learned that I stick, sticks with me as I'm going to be a physician soon is people don't know how much you know until they know how much you care. I mean, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And that's something that, that stuck with me. And so People can go tell people all the shit that they should do or that's good for them or that, you know, that the science says and blah, blah, blah. But like, bro, you don't care about me. Like, why should I listen to you? Right. And so it makes sense. That's why it's important from us within our communities to champion this message. It's important for us. I know there are people that don't trust medicine, but I bet they trust me. I know they do. I'm, I'm recording these things in chronolog and, and, and cataloging this because I know the simple fact that me taking this vaccine and showing people that nothing has happened to me. I didn't pass out. My face ain't stuck. I'm not going white. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's okay. And people are seeing that and they're telling me they're going to take it. I'm not even done with the second dose. I haven't even started it. People are telling me they're going to take it. People are, my auntie had called me and she wanted to go over it because she had her appointment the next day and wanted to ask a couple of questions and she got it now, you know? And so it's important for us to do that. Another reason people don't want to do it is worried about side effects or think it's too quick. It happened too fast. That is true. You know, in terms of the speed, it happened so fast because it had to. It had to happen this fast. If it didn't happen this fast, we're done. Like right now it's January 7th and it was the most deadliest day, they said. And it's been the deadliest day every day since the end of November. Right. So we had to have something. And the truth is, it takes a certain time to get all these things done and get regulations done. But what people don't know is a lot of it is bureaucracy and things that are behind the scene that people have to get, jump over hurdles to get approved. But these hurdles and obstacles magically go away when there's money to be made. These hurdles and obstacles magically go away when the whole world needs it and we collaborate. There's never been collaboration on this global scale to solve a problem that I've seen in my life to this level. You know, so there are a lot of things that Okay, it don't make sense that they made this fast, but they made it this fast and they made it right, right? They, they did the due diligence and had tens of thousands of people throughout all of the studies, hundreds of thousands probably, and actually followed them before they released the data. And they released data completely open and vulnerable for, we all, for us all to see. I will say it's not easily digestible. And so you have to find sources you trust and people you trust to tell you what's in that. And really go look at it yourself. There's a page talking about side effects. You will see. Most common side effects, muscle soreness, joint soreness, possibility of fatigue. You know, I've seen fever, 
you know, maybe chills, you know, those are, those are the side effects. Um, having your face frozen to the side, not much so, you know, like that, it can happen, but that can happen to any of us right now with no vaccine. And in the studies that they had it in, it happened at a rate lower than it happens to normal population, right? So we can't even say that the vaccine is the cause of that. And you're right, you know, we don't know what happens 10 or a year down the line, two years down the line about this vaccine. And people are worried about, ability to have kids or other mistreatment and that's and that's fair i think that's all appropriate these are important decisions that we have to know and be educated in so we can make and so i'll say we what you need to do is is keep watching there's somebody who's had the vaccine now for about to be a year what's happening to them they're going to be in the news you know in a few months it's going to be a, a year and a half and what we'll see what happens my 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 suspicion is nothing will happen right uh, but the truth is, okay, are you going to wait those three years to find out or are you going to get the vaccine now? Because the truth be told, you, your neighborhood, your country may not be here for that. Yeah, and we're in L.A. One in five people have tested positive at this point. So it's Look, like, especially like our community here right now, it's super bad in L.A. So like, especially all our L.A. listeners, yo, like if ever there is something that we want y'all to do, we really want, need you to do for the sake, your sake, our sake, and everybody else's, like go through with this. Um, and yeah, look, you, you made a good point. The vaccine is not the answer, y'all. It's not the answer. It's not the answer. It's not going to fix everything immediately. It's not. You know, it's not. I'm going to tell you that now. It's not. It may. Yeah, you know, it may. You know, it may. Nobody ever get sick. I hope so. You know what I'm saying? But the truth be told is these are all weapons we have. Because before this, we have nothing. We're getting our ass beat with no hands. Getting our ass whooped with no hands. Looking at the nigga whooping our ass. And now we finally have a hand to use. A right arm with a hook and people are like eh, i like getting beat up it make me tough you know i'm like bro nigga please bro i need the strap you know I don't, I don't even believe in guns but i need i need a backup you know what i'm saying realistically and it comes down to it our Dave, i think it was Dave Chappelle or chris rock he's like look bro he said i can't wait to take the damn vaccine you know he said look i don't know what's in tylenol i know my headache go away so I'll say to some people, maybe you don't have time to fully understand everything. Get you somebody who does know more, trust them, and then just do what's best for you regardless. If you don't know it, but you know it's good, do it. But I think you should, you should make educated decisions. Is there anything else that you feel like we ought to know? Um, yeah, look, man, it's, this, is a, it's a, this is a it's a group project, right? Y'all be on Twitter. Y'all know what this is. We can't do it alone. Nobody can do this alone. And we've tried it. We've tried a lot of different things. And I can tell you, more people have died than ever before. So, you know, more people are dying every day than any day ever before. Like, so we got to look at it like that. We have to sacrifice. We have to sacrifice. We have to challenge ourselves and be uncomfortable. You know, I'm... I'm about to graduate with my MD and my MBA. I'm, I'm finishing medical school. I'm doing interviews. I had like an eight hour interview today starting at 5 a.m. You know, I still have to graduate, but I already recognize the moment. I recognize where we are right now. And if I can help give people the information they need to be comfortable with making their decision to take this vaccine, that's the single most important thing I can do right now. And so I'm looking at it like that. I'm prioritizing it like that, you know, and, and, and that's a sacrifice for me. I have personal goals. I have stuff I need to do. You know, I have places I need to be. But none of that is more important. None of it. You know, people are, I think it's like, I'm being at home. Of course, you know, I want to go out. I want to have fun. 
I got people hitting my line, people trying to link Netflix and chill, all of that, you know, on the daily, you know, maybe not daily, but all of that, you know, <laughs> but my thing is, is that worth me losing my mom? Right. No, hell nah, I'll fight you, you know, realistically. And so we have to look at it like that. I mean, you know, when you're in a situation where you're okay and you feel like you're good, that's true. But you still got to remember, you still go outside and people around you that may not be, may not have the positions you are, the privilege you have. And so we have to really go out of our way to be deliberate and looking out for the next person right now. I tell people with all this shit going on, it's just, it's excess hate. It's excess. You know, it's hate. It's superfluous. It's overflow of hate right now. This whole year. And it's not just this year, bro. This whole country, this whole career. You know, so and the only thing we can do is we need to have excess love. We need to be deliberate about giving more love than ever before. We need to be deliberate about giving more attention, checking in more, you know, more support, more I love you, more good job, more keep going than ever before. And like, be aggressive with it, you know, proactive with it. These are protective factors. And we don't have these factors. That's why we fall succumb to some of these problems. You know, so find somebody you love and call them every day. I bet you have a better day. Let's do that, you know. Um, in terms of, I'll, I'll talk too much clearly, but in terms of what we should know, it's like, bro, like, this will pass. This will pass. Yeah. It will pass. It will pass. And, and it will pass, and we will have losses. And at the same time, it will pass, and we will be better as a country. Like, right now, y'all seen that shit yesterday? Out of the people I know, it was probably 10% of us surprised that we'll be seen in the Capitol that was displayed, right? Probably 10% of us. And it was ugly, but part of me, I was laughing all day because of Twitter and because, like, this shit funny, although it's scary and it's terrible and terrifying, right? But at the same time, I know that because of that, people that was acting or was playing or was dumb or was blind, I bet they not no more. And if you are, I'm just going to show you to go to CNN, and then that's where we are. Right, roll the tape. <laughs> we, got, yeah, it's like, we got it in 4K. I got the receipts. It's like, bro, you were here. Like, what the fuck is going on? Right. And so, yeah, we're, we're, we'll get past this and it's ugly, but it's going to take us to maybe do things we never have done before. Some people never got a vaccine in their life. My mom was like, what do you think about getting the flu for me getting this flu vaccine? I'm like, nigga, you should have been got it. Please get it. Let's go get it now. You know, and, and that's why I'm grateful that it happened because my mom never got the flu vaccine. Now she's getting that. Okay. Now who, who else has never gotten a vaccine that's going to get it now? Mm-hmm. What you don't realize is that our communities, we have, a lower lifespan, right? And, and a lot of it is a lot that contributes to that, right? You know, we get a little deeper now, but it's a lot that goes into that. And so maybe some of these things play into it, right? And I mean, of course, a lot of these opportunities and resources aren't given to us, but this is one that, that's, that's offered to us on a platter. Let's take it and tell everybody to take it. You know, the, the biggest thing is young people, young people thinking that it's cool, we'll be fine. It's like, we will, but some people won't. Maybe you won't. And the truth is, Okay, that's fine. But if you get the vaccine, I bet you'll be fine. Like, you'll definitely be fine. And it will be much better for everybody. Like, people, oh, I had it. I'll get over it. There's nothing. Look, I'm, I'm seeing or hearing people losing their teeth. They had COVID five months ago. They don't know that the sequelae is vascular disease. Like, you know, your gums and your, your, your not your gums, but your veins and your vasculature, your arteries don't work as well. And so because of the perfusion, you got crazy things happening. Strokes, you know, people talking about teeth falling. Imagine your teeth falling out, you're 28. Mm. 
bro, that would be a career ender. My smile is my money. You know, I, can't, I was about to say the same I thing. Can't have these. Can't lose these. <laughs> so I'm in the crib with it. When I get the vaccine, I tell people quarantine after the vaccine. That's the movement I'm going. Mm-hmm. You know, if you get that, you get that vaccine, make sure you get that full coverage before you go out and get it because people are getting the vaccine and getting sick. Mm-hmm. And who wants to go out at the finish line? Not me. Well said. I don't know how to follow that besides saying thank you for taking the time to talk to us. Um, yeah, thank for you. sure. Thank any, you so much. I was going to say, any, any, anything else you guys want, want for me to like say or any, any, anything you guys have that I, I could help provide value? I feel like everything that we wanted to talk about, we did. And I felt like, yeah, we, we got the information that we needed and wanted to give out to people. So, so cool. yeah. share the information, you know, share as much information as you can. If you learn something from this episode, amazing. Tell somebody else who might, who might not have listened yet, you know? Um, hey, yeah, that's the thesis. Get the information and share it regardless of what it is. That's what we need to be doing for everything. Opportunities, internships, you know, money, jobs, businesses, all of that. That's true. Yeah. Lawrence, do you have like a page or something like that that someone could follow your journey with the vaccine or anything like that? Or not? Yeah. Um, so first of all, I don't even know if I said it. So I guess it's quick spill. My name is Lawrence Roll. Um, fifth year graduate student, Keck School of Medicine of USC, as well as Marshall School of Business, USC Marshall School of Business. This is my fifth year. I'm getting graduated with my doctor of medicine degree, as well as master's of business administration. I say business. Um, and then I went to Miami for undergrad. Uh, all, I, importantly, I, I guess you can just say socials um, at LKR Consulting on Instagram and Twitter. Those are my, my professional accounts. And I mean, in terms of like following the vaccine, I've been putting things up on Twitter, but my, my plan is to edit everything and have like a little special. And so I'm probably gonna have one for the first two days. I'm probably gonna have one for the, uh, the first week to the second week. I'm probably gonna have one after the second shot. And so maybe, but I'm gonna put that on my Twitter, on the LKR Consulting Instagram. And also I have a YouTube uh, that I'm gonna create. It's probably gonna be LKR Consulting. And so it's not, it's not created yet. So you can find it there. I do have a TikTok now. You know, I'm not a TikTok nigga, but I got a TikTok now. Um, and the name is The Preaching Doctor. Uh, P-R-E-A-C-H-I-N-D-O-C-T-A. The Preaching Doctor with the T-H-A in front of it. And I didn't come up with that name, so don't be getting on me. My auntie did, so I'll say that. And uh, follow that if you want. Uh, my, my goal with that is just to inspire and just be insightful. And I, I think also really just spread you know the power of god and what we can do you know but i think really just try to be insightful and preach you know i'm not a preacher but i'm known to preach so yeah yeah felt you know what i'm saying as a as a as a person who also can be long-winded felt um so we in there yeah, um, facts. i will say real quick too just as a plug um i can say my talent or my superpower in this world is to make people around me comfortable i feel like it's too help inspire and motivate. I, I can do that at a, at a high rate, you know. However, my mission, my purpose in this world is to have more of us become physicians, to make more minorities get into medical school. Uh, if I can have the impact to help create more physicians and healthcare professionals that can help take care of our own communities, right, I think that can be the biggest thing that I can do in my life. And so I've been dedicating my life to doing that as, you know, helping pre-meds and as a mentor and a mentee because that's the most important thing you can do. 
be somebody that knows what to do or have somebody that knows what to do. And at the same time, that's been what I've been doing unofficially. But through my MBA, I wanted to make my passion into an official professional venture. And um, it's called Pre-Med Finesse, P-R-E-M-E-D-F-I-N-E-S-S-E, and it rhymes. Uh, but Pre-Med Finesse is actually going to be created to be a nonprofit. It's, we have a, a year it makes now, uh, but currently we're setting up to make it an official nonprofit and actually having a fundraiser right now because I want to help us raise $50,000 by graduation day. And in terms of that, uh, if you're interested in getting into medical school and you are what they call URM, underrepresented in medicine, that's a specific term. I would say look it up. It means people who are underrepresented in the medical field or community in relation to their percentage in the general population, right? So there are some minorities who aren't minorities in medicine, right? So if you're an underrepresented minority, that's what our organization is for. And it's at Pre-Med Finesse on Instagram. Uh, we have our Twitter as well. Um, and then our, our website. I think the website is probably the most important, premedfinesse.com. What we do is provide, oh, what I say is macking, <laughs> M-A-C-N, but provide motivation, provide advising. We have a community that we're forming because we established community is one of the biggest factors and then creating a formal network. And so those are the four main pillars of what we're doing. And in that, you know, we've created a literal network with the database of you know, where, who someone is, what school they're at, what they're looking to get into, you know, what you would want to hit them up about if you're interested in speaking out or reaching out. And we have that for people that are pre-med, they're in med school, and then actual physicians. So right now we have a literal network of all the database for that. So if you're looking for mentors or anybody to reach out and, and connect through that list. And through the community, we have an online anonymous form, forms.premedfinesse.com. And a big a sad thing about being pre-med is that it's so competitive. People aren't honest. People are shysty. You know, people will be looking differently and people don't want to tell the truth. Uh, with our form, having that anonymous platform to be real and say, okay, I failed my first exam in medical school. I'm struggling with this. Or, okay, I, I, I don't know how to do well in the MCAT. I don't have any resources. Do you guys have advice? Or, you know, um, what advice do you have for organic chemistry because it's beating my ass, right? And it's okay to be vulnerable and say, okay, I failed calculus too. Now I got A. You can tell your story and be real and vulnerable and people can benefit because the truth is people are in similar situations or worse and you don't know it. You think you have it the worst, but you find out once you have a community, you are in it together. You're in a similar situation with the people around you. So my advice to you is to connect and find people doing what you're doing. And I promise you, you will feel more comfortable and more affirmed because what you're dealing with, other people are dealing with. So pre-med finesse, PMF, uh, our goal is to empower communities. And so that's what we're trying to do. A few things for anybody that's pre-med, that's watching this or listening to this. It's important because we don't hear this often. We hear the opposite. It's important because there's not enough people telling you this, but you can do it. You can do it. You may not hear it. You may, it may not seem like it. It may not seem possible, but you can do it. And so the first step is believing it. Once you believe it, it makes it possible. If you don't believe it, it can't even happen. And then on top of that, sometimes you have to fail in order to remind you why you do what it takes to succeed. You know, me personally, I got a D in calculus. I thought my shit was done. I thought it was over with. You know, next semester, refocus. It actually was what I needed to get an A the next time. And it made me better. Right? So now I'm a better. You ask me about the D, I'll show you the A after, after failing what that can happen. And then one thing, no matter how good you are, whatever you do, you're better with the help of other people. So find ways to collaborate, find people to speak with, and your ideas and your passions and your dreams will be accelerated.
and they will be at a higher percentage chance of success. So definitely collaborate and help your people. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Um, so you guys, if you haven't, please follow us on Instagram at implicitly awkward. Our Twitter is at implicitly awk. Uh, I guess awkward was too long. So we yep. had to do implicitly awk. Hey, you know about um, awk. Awk is awkward too. <laughs> yes. Awkward. Yes. So it still That's works and it's awkward. Um, <laughs> Also, our store, right? You can find the link to that um, on our Instagram page. And Mr. Marcus knows the actual URL. Oh, yeah. Implicitlyawkward.bigcartel.com. Uh, so check us out. We just had a, we did a winter drop. If you need beanies and you need hoodies, we got you now. Um, yes, sir. And we're going to have a special Valentine's Day drop. Um, it's something that you can wear all year long, but it's definitely inspired by this concept of love and self-love. Um, so yeah, please be on the lookout for that. And that was Implicitly Awkward. <laughs>